0: Welcome to Between Two Chairs, demystifying commercial real estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arenzibia Jr. and Jennifer Wollman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, between two chairs is the podcast for you so pull up a chair and join us
1: all right everybody we are back with the amazing emily line i got the fist pumped down I'm, I'm ready to go as we continue this conversation on rpr and all the great things that Emily, you're, you're involved with. When we left off, you spoke about making sure that the user is at the center of all innovation. And I think that that is a, a very valuable distinction. I, I think if there's a differentiating factors upon prop tech companies is there are those that would like to maintain the user as the center of the transaction, the realtor, the practitioner that is going to bring that personal knowledge, that hyper-local information, and the connectivity with the people that are Doing business within their 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 localities, and then there are those that are feel that tech is the one and all solution to address concerns and and really provide disruption or growth within the industry, depending on how they see it. You know, why do you think that it is so important to maintain you know the user at the center of all innovation?
0: Well, I believe in it wholeheartedly because uh, you eliminate failure very quickly in solutions. I mean you have a you have human beings that are at the start of why you do anything and you need to study what the human being needs and what the problems are. And if you're really going to be an organization, a company, a technology offering, then you need to have that problem be very clear and authentic so that you can solve, for the user's problems. Because if you solve for the user's problems, you make money anyway if you are a company that your goals are driven on subscription fees or what have you. And I understand we're in a unique position because we are a realtor benefit. Um, and we're a benefit to um, institute affiliates. And so uh, CCIMs, SAORs, uh, ALCs, CPMs, and CREs. And with, with that, we were very fortunate because there's a lot, it's, it's maybe a little easier to get people to, to test and to take the time, to save the time. That's, uh, I got to give that a shout out to Dina Zimmerman. I use her quote all the time because we feel very fortunate to be able to take time up front in the way that we build software with users a part of every step of the way and so it it eliminates wonky steps it eliminates wrong things going to market and it creates a much smoother development cycle that benefits the long game of where we want to go so when you when you start out and you build with a lot of user research up front and usability tests you have a software that's built that is a runway for endless possibilities. And that's why I love that approach. I'm partial to it. But I feel like if others would slow down a little bit, not a lot, a little bit, and and spend a little more time validating steps with practitioners or users, they'd be in a much better position. Well, I think that's
2: one of the reasons that RPR has been so widely embraced by the commercial practitioner is because, I mean, how many years have we known each other i mean you from the very beginning <laughs> when you guys started you made sure to have focus groups and say hey we're looking at launching this try it out what do you think what would you change what would you add what would you take away so to your point about making sure that the user was at the center of how it was done i uh, there were a lot of things that were like this information's great but there was too much information going on in one spot. So you kept the information and you moved it. And and so I think that's one of the reasons, aside from the fact that you guys have amazing data, that it's been so popular. You know, any any expert will tell you or any commercial practitioner will tell you that to be an expert, you have to really know your market. And I think RPR does a fabulous job of providing all sorts of different types of information to the commercial user, right? So you don't just provide what's on the market and what's for sale and lease rates and all of that kind of stuff, but you provide tools that allow you to do a super deep, deep dive into the demographics and the traffic count. So you really get a visual of the community. So could you tell me a little bit about how you guys came up with the whole idea of the trade reports, which I love. Talk about geeking out. I mean, literally. When I have nothing to do, I'll be like, oh, I went to this little town. Let me do a trade, a trade report on that. And my husband's like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> I love it.
2: I just love, I mean, I, I love the tapestry data. So if you could get yeah. a little bit into all of that, I'd, I'd love to hear how it came about.
0: Well... Up front, we kids here understood that getting all the commercial inventory in one place was going to take some time. So we started, we knew we needed that piece, and but the piece that we could build more efficiently and more quickly was understanding the community. Selfishly, I am, you know where I stand from my background of what I feel about building communities. And so we started uh, looking at gobs of data and trying to figure out the easiest way to present really informative profiles of who the people are in particular communities or areas in a way that not just the practitioner can quickly digest it and be expert for their client, but so that the client can take a look at that and validate their placement within a community. And so a lot of a lot more complexities um, than just th- those, but it was fun to sit and talk to practitioners. and and to test what goes into a report. And at first I was like, okay, these reports are running very long. I mean, they have the potential to be 28 pages, maybe more depending on what a practitioner adds. So the goal when they become that big and you've got profiles of who people are, what they do, how they live, what they buy on each of those particular segments, and then you go into population stats, age stats, marital stats and, and, and all those forecasting, you, you've you got hefty reports. So the goal has to be there to get it in a way that's just effortless in how you read it. And so we spent a lot of time watching users go through it, practitioners, and making sure that the pieces that were essential made sense in, in how it was curated, like a book. And so we um, were really pleased with the way that those were adopted early and often And now we're, you know, in a place where we also have a lion's share of the inventory. So it was spend the time up front with where you have a lot of rich data and then focus on those other components that you know that you need in in RPR. So we spent a lot of time focused in the area and what businesses are needed with that data and then started to bring in the inventory as we were able to license it.
2: Well, and you also gave the agent a lot of control over how much or how little they include in a report, right? right. There's some there's some customers that you have that might want a ton of data. And then as Beth Azer says, you know, show up, don't throw up and just give them a ton of information with, oh, without having any client specific information. So the fact that you can pick and choose which reports or which pages within the report you want to include is is awesome because
1: then we can customize it well what i love about it is that it really packs a punch and i don't think that uh you know I'm, i'm hoping and i see it more and more that commercial practitioners are realizing the incredible value that is within all of the tools that are in rpr And I remember uh, sitting with a client of mine and they are a food and beverage company, restaurant. They had 16 units and now they were getting ready to do an expansion and they wanted to franchise. And uh, I remember sitting in his office and he was so proud to show me this system. And he was basically breaking down how they were selecting locations. And in their location search, (laughs) he was showing me all this demographic data. And uh, I was saying like, oh yeah, that's, that's tapestries. I know exactly what you're referring to. And he goes, I pay $80,000 a year for this data. I'm very, very proud of it. <laughs> I said, all you have to do is hire me. I could have, you the- you know? have solved this so quickly for you. But I, I do find the more I use it, It is such an impactful tool that continues to evolve. And that's what I love about it. It's the reason why I'm an Apple user. One of the things that I enjoy is when there's an update, there's an update. You know, there's no nickel and diming. It's just it continues to get better. And that's how I feel about RPR, that, you know, I'm I'm using a product that continues to evolve and grow. And uh, you know, and and it is very powerful. And along those same lines, I remember sitting with another client, also FMB, and he was saying, "Well, I'm only interested in the location that has a certain a certain amount of daytime workers. I want to know what the population is during the daylight hours because I'm looking for a quick service, you know, restaurant that is just going to be open for breakfast and lunch. And so the fact that I'm able to go in there and pull that information out and then compare it to other areas, I mean, it's it's just amazing when you get into evaluate and. I mean, it's and presented so so beautifully.
2: The presentation is beautiful. Absolutely. Sorry, and I didn't mean to cut you off right when you were talking about valuate too. Which oh my god is another. Can you tell that we're like fans? Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving it. I mean, just keep it coming.
2: (laughs) We said something in in the last podcast that really resonates with Fernando and I and that is one of the frustrations that we do have and that we've been hearing for so many years in the commercial sector of real estate is the lack of transparency, right? And our PR puts it all out there. I mean, you you have the information, you're sharing it, you're gathering it, you're collaborating with other people who have information that you don't have. So you're not having to do it all yourself. And um, I, I'm just so grateful for that because it makes us better practitioners. I think it provides a huge service to the real estate community in general. So I love the fact that that you are so transparent. Yeah as both a company and a person.
1: I I always wonder because collaboration is so is so important but you know it has to be done so well there there's so many things to orchestrate so like when you announce uh you know a, a, a you know Comstack, icsc you know how how do you work through those how do you bring that data in so that they are showcased the right way and they it's usable because you're you're in essence wanting to serve and check off so many boxes so speak to us a little bit about those that you're collaborating with and how that information is going to be integrated and beneficial to the the user
0: sure so it's it's not easy we go through several iterations of taking the the user challenge or the the practitioner challenge and what the need is for that data understanding our UX and where you know we've got these extensive flows if a user does this then this and and trying to make things super simple in that regard so a lot of documentation that we go through and then the other piece is how collaborative the partner is and what what we have to understand their goals too. And so by looking at typically when we do partner with uh, an outside organization or another company, we are upfront with what our users need and expect. We ask what they're trying to achieve with their subscription fees and things. And then we negotiate based on knowing all those things so that everybody wins. And at the center of it, from our perspective that the practitioner, the realtor, the the institute affiliate member has the ability to to do what they need to in a in a simpler fashion you know the buckets that we look at is we're trying to save members time we're trying to save members money and we're trying to keep things um stupid simple and stupid simple is what every human being needs i don't care how techy somebody is myself included i need stupid simple because there's other things that my brain needs to do and so we look at those those elements when we do an integration. It's not always the, the, the way it's going to be forever. We study it. For uh, CompStack, for example, we established a rhythm where we saw users going to our additional resource tab. And so we're, we'll look at 30-day, 60-day, 90-day, and so on for 12 months to see the consistency with our users. And then we start saying, hey, do you think that this partnership should evolve from, from here? And that's you know an example. And, and if we do, then we start saying, well, we could do this or this. What do you think? said partner. And we we collaborate in that regard. Another thing that we do that's important is not just a, a shift in how we present it in application, but also making sure that there's a collaborative effort between companies for education. So, you know, you've seen probably recently we've done collaborative uh, webinars with our trainers, our peers, trainers and ComStacks, Crexies and RPR. Um, we'll have a Brevitas one coming up as well. And so we're cycling through some of those learning needs because there's things that um, are important for our practitioners, our members to know that if you link over very se- seamlessly from RPR into Revitas or Crexy or ComStack, here's some other stuff you should know that they do really well. And in that way, you don't have 500 tabs open. You've got an easy experience between our applications. So there's, there's a lot of things to consider, but the biggest piece is we're following the users through to see when we need to make adaptations and, and then asking questions. A lot of questions afterwards that, you know, people are very gracious in responding. And in that, you know, we talked in the previous podcast about the net promoter score. And we are very high holistically, our PR residential and commercial, but um, just the commercial numbers alone are higher than any tech that I've seen that's reported. If you Google any of them, said company, What's their net promoter score? So we, we pride ourselves on this process because at the end of the day, we win if that net promoter score is anything above a 60 really. And we're, we run on the commercial side between a 70 and 75, which is excellent. And so that means our users are loyal, where we're, they're satisfied, they feel like they're getting what they need. And if there's any dips in that, we go back and assess everything.
2: Well, and you guys are constantly innovating, right? Which to your point, you know, if you stop innovating, you're going to get bored and leave. So, (laughs) And I loved seeing ICSC in there Um, as somebody who, you know, we both do a lot of retail leasing. So seeing ICSC come on board was amazing. And I know you guys just came back from Vegas. So tell us a little bit about how the collaboration with ICSC came about, how it's been received, how the platform's been received at ICSC. SC and then tell us a little bit about Vegas. Oh
0: what I can share about Vegas. Anywho, um, so we're very proud of the relationship that will continue to evolve with ICSC. The relationship really started with the crew at NAR Commercial, our colleagues there, recognizing that we had a growing number of Realtors and Institute affiliate members who are attending ICSC. And so they have over time negotiated.
2: Sorry, let me just, I just realized that we've been throwing out like ICSC and crew and all this and some of our, so ICSE is the International Council for Shopping Centers. So it's it's a big retail association. Sorry.
0: They're the Mecca of all things community, which is why we're really proud to to be um, establishing stronger partnerships with with that organization. And so knowing that the actual uh, deal-making on-site events were growing with with Realtors and Institute affiliate members attending, uh, it seemed like a natural progression to say, well, could this relationship be Bigger than that, and and how how do we make the connection between our members, our brokers, who need to connect with investors, developers, shopping center owners, etc. And and so conversations over the last several months took place between NAR, RPR, and ICSC, and ICSC's team is just absolutely remarkable, and to be like. Totally blunt. Sometimes I don't even know the difference between our teams because we've become that close in how we build and how we work together. And so I cannot say enough incredible stuff about when you find a good partner, hold on to it. Their staff is just amazing and they have the member at heart. And so, you know, we started talking. And I don't know if it was two years ago, maybe two years ago, um, the NAR Commercial Committee meeting. I went back and looked through notes on some of the things, the areas that came up that um, were kind of a wish list with RPR that wish we had better connections here or here. And so ICSC was a topic, but specifically the ICSC members. And so we were really pleased to try to strengthen the deal making that can take place in application, not just at events. And so these developers and owners will be connected to our our realtors and and Institute affiliate members to to do deals, to see their listings, to see what's available and to have conversations ongoing, not just at these events. And so we're just scratching the surface with the relationship. The marketplace's IQ is what ICSE refers to the RPR um, technology as because it it falls in line with all of their objectives, so that goes back to that you know make sure that we're all communicating and doing things that our members understand. And we launched Marketplaces IQ April fourth, so we're just we're just a little over thirty days out, and the adoption's been incredible. And when I was at ICSC this week, I was standing in the ICSC booth at the center of the ginormous show. And our members and their members and all of our people together were coming up and chatting. I mean, I had conversations with practitioners from Houston who are members and ICSC members. So it's just this natural fit, like, wow, like we don't have to think of things as separate entities. There's a way that everybody can work together. And to me, that's the epitome of community. And if you can solve for it with some technology too, just icing on the cake.
2: Yeah, I I loved seeing that because to your point, there are a lot of us that are in commercial that are members of other organizations. I am a member of ICSC as well. And so I remember seeing that collaboration and going, oh my God, this is amazing. It's such a natural fit. And for members who aren't Realtor members, but are ICSC members or vice versa. I think it's just going to strengthen both of those communities. Um, I I know Dean is also a member of both. So there are a lot of them that cross over and it was just such a natural, perfect fit. So thank you again for innovating and for being in all of those meetings where you connected the dots and said, hey, ICSC is our next
1: well, I wanted one, to so. first I wanted to say thank you for clarifying ICSC where the goal of this podcast is to demystify commercial real estate. And here we are throwing our jargon without explaining it. So I appreciate that. But one thing I heard you say, which I think is very good, and it is this idea of keep it simple, stupid, because I, I love baseball. And all sports now have just embraced statistical analysis and uh, you know get, getting a, a deeper understanding but at the end of the day a ball player has to go up there and they have to see the ball and hit the ball there is an expansion of growth of data and you're bringing in all that data but then you have to find a way to edit editing is where the power really lies because now you simplify it to its most significant principle and now you allow the, the practitioner to really be able to focus on that thing that is really going to move the needle in the commercial side of RPR, what is the tool that is that is used most by commercial practitioners? Mm, great question.
0: Great question. So we reworked some of our maps to be more uh, front and center, if you will, in RPR. And we did so with our website first. We are under the hood right now with several iterations of changes to our, our mobile app. And just for clarification purposes, something I'm also like stoked about is that we have a native mobile app and there's a reason for that, meaning you have to go to the app store to get it as opposed to a responsive looks exactly like website. The reason we went that route was because we were studying users on the go needs as opposed to what they do from their desk. So that's one way that you can tear apart too much so it's not an overcomplication of information because there's definitely separate things that a human being does when they're working from the road as opposed to what they're doing when they're sitting at the desk. And when, uh, to go back to your original question, um, which is what are they using most? We started recognizing and testing for both mobile and for website that um, our maps weren't as present as they should be. And so we put those in the, in the forefront of website. And so thanks to the NAR Commercial Committee meetings, again, going back to the notes, we want a dashboard. We want something that, whether I want to look at what's new inventory-wise every day, every week, once a month, I want to be able to set it and forget it and see those things. I also want to make sure that I'm reminded that you have existing business data in there. So I want to use that map to um, and we've seen a lot of growth with our business points of interest because it gives a, a baseline for how a business does in an area. So you can populate that. I want to see the traffic counts, which you can populate that. So our maps with several features within those maps have grown incredibly popular. Uh, so I'd say that's definitely uh, seeing growth on our maps uh, is right there in line with searching a property for a property because we also made uh, the search bar a lot more present on every page too. So you've got the idea of searching and I think it's important for your listeners, your viewers to to know that um, not just the on-market inventory that's searchable, it's also off market. So you can see historical data on, on properties, understand the owner information, understand you know, if the, the mortgage deed, legal description, all of that stuff. And so the top two things I think are people touching that search bar and people grabbing that map. And it's kind of like this, but we've created our maps so that they're interactive. So I think that map view is gonna be used a lot
1: more for search too. That's phenomenal. I love the representation of data in a in a format other than just a list right and so whether it's an infographic or a map and you know it's that representation that is very impactful especially when you're on the goal right uh, sometimes you're in a new area you want to know a few facts about it right away and the ability to pick up uh, a mobile app and be able to have some instant information is incredibly impactful you know especially you know with with the way things are nowadays that everything is so easily accessible
2: well and to your point um i think you mentioned in the last podcast is just keeping it simple so that it's easy to see i can't remember what dina's quote was but i remember i'm going to go back and and write it out because it was a good one about how you know you need to be able to like look at it see it right away well what better visual than a map versus a list so i think that that makes sense to me that the map would be one of the most used and to your point I mean you've got a lot of data points on there they've come you've come a long way baby since the original map (laughs) (laughs) eight (laughs) to ten years ago when we started demoing Uh them so I love that I love that
0: I like the song reference because I've got the rolling uh, a record in my background here at Rolling Stones and I and I used to, my record player's right here. Oh, I used to, awesome. I love vinyl, but I used to think to myself, can't get no satisfaction when I was trying to figure out how we were going to get inventory, but now we're different. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. You know, we've made a lot of references to um, to someone that I think we all have a crush on, which is Dina, Dina. Zimmerman. <laughs> you know, she is. I, I yeah. always tell her she's my spirit animal. <laughs> I, I love her, and I think you're. You might be ready to announce now. So, when are you and Dina going to have your own reality show? Is what I want to know. Uh- Is that in the works? Can we put it together? Do you need a producer? So, again, for those of you
2: who don't know Dina Zimmerman, which there are probably not a lot of people that are listening who don't, but she is the queen of retail in Chicago with SVN, and she is just an amazing human being and a lot of fun. And you guys have some hashtag blonde something or other going on.
0: Ambition. There you go. <laughs> ambition. I love it. I love so, it. anyways, merch is going to come out soon. Yeah. There Just
1: you need. go. There you go. But I did want to ask you this question because I'm a father of two daughters, I love this industry. And I always find a lot of inspiration in the amount of powerful women that have really joined the commercial sector and that are really blazing a trail in the commercial sector. When you have people like companies like Otso and then, you know, Dina yourself, I mean, you know, of course, I I, I, I partner with an amazing human being right here as well. And so I, I wonder if you would speak, you know, maybe both of you could speak a little bit about how we're seeing in the ecosystem that growth of women within the commercial sector and uh, and, and that pathway of growth because I think it's, it's exponential.
0: Sure, I'd be happy to. Over 16 years ago when I got in the business, um, I felt like a, a minority and I've, I started out in the commercial real estate space. I now work on the research for residential, but but my history, my background's definitely economic development, research, commercial real estate. And there were moments when I started and I was much younger then that I was like, what am I doing? You know, am I going to be taken seriously in this space? And that's not to disrespect. There's a lot of really great male mentors that that were in the space when I got into it. But it's a little daunting when it didn't feel like there was, you know, a, a lot of women that to talk to and understand things with. And it's it's getting different today. And, and Jennifer can speak to it from the brokering side of things. But from the tech perspective, you know, at RPR, we we have a lot of women, a lot of women in in our in our um, not just uh, in the outward facing roles, industry relations, but also our head of product and development is a female our scrum master who, you know, the term for every day there's a meeting and are we are we keeping things moving as they should on RPR and um, also a female and several really strong males too. So I, I want to be very, I feel very strongly about the good, strong human beings in this space and, I'll, and I'm speaking to our tech side. I think that over time with really awesome mentoring, colleges and universities have gotten a lot more involved in the commercial real estate space or real estate in general. Sam's all to be one. We've seen an evolution. I mean, between the RLM meetings, the Realtors' uh, legislative meetings in Washington D.C. two weeks ago, and ICSC this week, I was really like my heart was warm to see more women involved in our in in the commercial real estate space. And I think that that isn't just female mentoring. It's also males like you, Fernando, that are like recognizing like we need we need to remind all people that there's a, there's an opportunity in this space and being a girl dad, you're ready to rock and roll at this.
2: I'm ready to go, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I would agree.
0: I think a lot of it is
2: generational. I think a lot of it was trailblaze, like people who, women who have been in the field for a, a long time, making sure that that conversation is there and mentoring other women and bringing other women into the field. But I think generationally too, we're just wanting diversity across the board and not focusing so much on any sex or race or anything, but just realizing that it's a huge industry, there's room in there for everybody, and that it's going to be a much better, much stronger, much more innovative industry, the more people we have in the room that are different, right? The more variety, the more different flavors, et cetera. So, and we're lucky. And I, I do think, you know, to your point about Fernando and people like my son, I think a Again, generationally, men are also really stepping up to the plate more, and they're not afraid of being girl dads. I mean, my son, you know, sometimes comes in and is like, "Mom, do you have any nail polish remover? I can't go to the office with nail polish and bows in my hair." You know, <laughs> so I I think that that's generational too, um, and and I do think that the industry is going to be so much better for for the incredible amount of diversity that we're making an effort to bring to bring into the industry
1: well and i I think that the key here is diversity of thought and diversity of thought comes from diversity of experiences Mm -hmm. and so if you if you're in an industry and your industry wants to innovate you cannot innovate without having that diversity of thought so it's really not a gender or a race or but it's more about do is your perspective different because of your life experience that is going to take a look at an issue that we've been addressing in the same way for years, but you're gonna look at it from a different perspective. And that's where the idea comes from. That's where real innovation comes from. And so, you know, I, I think our job is, if we as an industry wanna be our own disruptors, right? We have to allow for those, you know, not only allow, I mean, we have to encourage, Lee aggressively. Embrace. Those mm-hmm. And embrace those those diverging opinions and and perspectives because that's where and that's really the, the 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 beautiful, you know, thing that's about that's,
2: real estate. Right, exactly. <laughs> it really right. is. That's why yeah. we, I think we all love this industry. I want to be respectful of your time yes. because you've been amazing. Incredible. Um, we Incredible. love talking to you and I know we could talk to you forever and we yeah. have we've only like touched on a tiny little bit of what RPR does, yeah. but I want to encourage anybody who's a realtor yeah. or ICS yeah. member to who doesn't know RPR to go visit their site? They have a ton of educational videos. It's yeah. super user-friendly. You can do mailing labels to find buyers, to find sellers. It's yeah. it's just amazing. There's a ton of information on there. It's super, super user-friendly. So
1: dive there, into it and there's one more plug that I'm gonna say is this. You know, when you're a practitioner and you have an opportunity to go to a conference mm-hmm. out of state, out of country, whatever it is. Take that opportunity, you know, we would have never had an opportunity to meet Emily uh, you know, we've, we've met so many people around the country just because of our involvement and getting involved in, in all of these different conferences. You know, you, you really bring a lot of value back to your market and to your clients. And that's, and, and then you make lifelong friends, which is what I consider you, uh, what I think we, we yeah. all consider you. And so that's, that's the beautiful part of it. And, and in that way, your community expands and grows. And, and I know we've spoken a lot about community today. And so, you know, I, that's, that's why it's so impactful to me because i feel that you know we're part of this ecosystem and we're always going to be part of it and and now we're able to put our foot, our, our, our fingerprint on it. And uh, and that's really beautiful and exciting. So,
2: so I'm going to do a plug for RPR as my fun fact. There they have 164 million properties in their database. And talking about the map, they have 12 demographic data points on their map layer. And for the Esri Tapestry, which is my favorite, um, they have 67 distinct market segments that get into incredible detail in terms of what the demographic of the area eats, buys, shops. How you know? Do they use an investment banker? Do, I mean, it's insane the amount of data you get. So talk uh, about getting to know a community. So thank you for including all that great info right. for people like me to geek out on and, and help think, my clients.
1: <laughs> and I think in honor of the fact that Emily Line is our first interview, yes. right? In this podcast, we're going to leave it at that stat. I think it's great to end <laughs> with an RPR stat. And nothing better than that one. So he didn't look up a second stat. I did not. I did not. I was just going
0: to say, you're (laughs) absolutely correct. Jennifer's hired. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, thank you. That's what I wanted in a partner somebody (laughs) to call me out.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll give you this isn't a stat, but I will say thank you both for embracing what we do, for never, ever saying no to offering feedback and to being committed, not just for your own businesses, but for others, because it takes really strong leaders to invest the time in making sure something is right for an entire ecosystem. So we're, we're grateful people like you and and specifically I'm grateful for both of you. Uh, Thank you so much.
2: Have a wonderful long weekend. I hope you get to relax and your voice doesn't sound too bad for spending three days at ICSC. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: coming back.
1: Well, we'll see you. When do we see you next? Alana, perhaps? C5 or C5?
0: hundred percent. You'll see me C5. And I, mean, I
1: come down for IOI, right? In Miami? Okay. I
0: will. I'll be there for IOI for sure. I'll be there for C5. Miami guys, what are we going to do? <laughs>
1: Go, we'll do something. <laughs>
2: we'll do something. You know that. All right. Bye, Thank bye Emily. Thanks so much. All right.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs>